Taking a look at the majors here again in negative territory. Let's bring in Dan Deming because uh, while well, jobless claims just came in and uh, across the board a bit of a disappointment as well. So kind of reflection of some of that uncertainty that investors have been expressing that unease. Also building permits and housing starts. Dan's the managing director at KKM Financial. He's joining us this morning to break it down. Dan, welcome. Let's begin with the housing numbers first and foremost because we've seen quite a shift there. Whether you're talking about the uh, new home sales disappointing investors and traders uh, a couple weeks ago down 16% of these numbers right here, uh, which are, again, a disappointment across the board. You know, oftentimes we talk about those building permits, these housing starts being a bit of a forward-looking indicator and not necessarily painting a very pretty picture here. No, Ben, but I guess painting a picture that the Fed would, I guess, prefer to see uh, ultimately, you know, I guess short-term pain for Long-term gain is maybe the theme here, and um, yeah, you know the adjustments in rates, uh, just the dynamics that uh, you know the markets had to contend with in the last couple of months. I think have start are starting to show the impact uh, in the economy and everywhere else. And you know certainly we'll get to the Philly Fed numbers as well, but those are showing signs of uh, contraction now as well. So um, yeah, the housing starts, the building permits coming in way under expectations, uh, and I think that's just the uh, the fallout from rates rising here the last several months. Uh, also, the shifting dynamic of um, you know of the, the general trends as far as consumer confidence, as far as other things that the the market's contending with now, and and so I think that that's probably going to be a, a theme that's going to continue. Uh, and I think that you and Michael were talking about prior to me coming on, and it's something that I had mentioned like a month and a half ago when we did get the GDP numbers, the GDP revisions, that you know the the the, the outlook was still for decent growth in Q2, but the Fed certainly made a, a point yesterday of indicating that growth has slowed dramatically here in the last month or month two months. And now the possibility of seeing uh, this GDP number for Q2 coming in just above break even is a very high probability. And if it does go negative, then you, there's your there's your definition of a recession. So uh, it's coming a lot faster than maybe what people are anticipating. And the other interesting dynamic, Ben, is I think coming uh, in the next couple of weeks, as you just pointed out, the weekly jobless claims. You know, are we going to start to see uh, the layoffs that typically come with a recession? And it does appear that we're seeing signs of that in the last week or two as you're hearing uh, the uh, layoff announcements starting to hit the tape. Dan, um, a good eye on that Philly Fed, actually. And, you know, it kind of made me think about the Empire State manufacturing data earlier this week, which everybody was kind of uh, talking about how it was a good number because it had come off, I think it was down 11 prior to down only one. But I was still saying, hey, look, we're still, again, negative. So I was disappointed by the number, but everybody seemed to see that as a positive. I wasn't so sure it was the case. Philly right. Fed manufacturing index today just came in down 3.3. Now, they were looking for an increase of 5.5 prior 2.6, but the numbers across the board, business conditions, we're talking uh, uh, Fed employment. Well, that was actually a little bit up here, but new orders declined here. Uh, prices paid declined. So, I mean, uh, across the board, numbers uh, uh, came off, to say the least. Yeah, the prices paid came down quite a bit from what the expectations were, Ben. And yeah, and just in general, when you look at the, the data points, um, by and large, you, yeah, slowing is the theme there, uh, and substantial slowing, honestly, Ben. 
Uh, so, yeah, today, if you look at all the numbers that just hit the tape here, and it's interesting that we're seeing the futures continuing to, to try to rally now, because uh, I guess the idea of things coming uh, slowing down is viewed as a positive, at least for now. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll have to see the, how that plays out. You know, the reversal from yesterday to today is still disappointing, I think, in a lot of market participants' eyes. Uh, you know, even overnight, we did see the futures up about 30 at one time or over 30 handles, pushing the top end of the range that we reached yesterday uh, late in the session. And then, you know, then really throughout the, the afternoon or the evening into the, the morning session, you know, just downward pressure. Uh, and you, as you pointed out, pushing these uh, futures down to the new, new lows. Yeah. So... Uh, it's going to be a tough sledding, um, and the market's got a lot to digest here. Uh, we have expiration this week as well, Ben. So, um, yeah, it's going to be volatile, and uh, you know, but the, at least the data points that we're just you and I just uh, pointed to, you know, are showing uh, certainly showing signs of a, a slowing economy. To Dan's point, if we could pull this chart here real quick, it's the one-minute time frame on the ES. You can see yesterday's day session trade on the left side of the screen, the dark shaded area, the volatility we saw. I mentioned again, Dan, we're talking about over 100 points of range here right. yesterday. And the sell-off we saw in the overnight down to 36.95, that is a new low for the year. And then again, Dan mentioned we're inching our way back up off those lows here, getting a little bit of a lift from this number. But Dan, to your point, bad news being good, I always feel like that brings in some short covering, but not necessarily new initiative-type long buying, right? So that short covering doesn't really provide any follow-through to the upside. It just sort of slows the momentum to the downside, I feel like. Yeah, exactly, Ben. Yeah, and, and, and you know, well, if historically, some of the biggest rallies the market's ever experienced have happened during bear markets. So let's not forget about that. Right. Not, you know, so, and, and we're still holding saw... below yesterday's day session lows for the most part. Yeah, so, exactly. Right. Yeah. It, it, so, yeah, this is, uh, you know, a, a, a short-term reaction and momentum traders and thin markets. And that's the other thing. You know, liquidity has been drained, uh, and again, to buy by design to some degree, I guess. Uh, but ultimately, you know, when the Fed uh, starts to rein in liquidity, and when the markets realize this type of volatility, markets are wider, less players, uh, and the markets have the uh, tendency to show outsized volatility, which keeps people away. Uh, so yeah, so those things, Ben, as you pointed out, what we need to see is the market finds some stability and just kind of flatline probably for a short period, well, maybe at least a few weeks, if not a month, of just finding a foundation, which maybe it can uh, bring some players back into the market uh, that are, are sitting on the sidelines right now. But, um, you know, that's, uh, I think, still a ways away. Uh, but And as you point out, bad news being good news is something that short-term uh, maybe holds water, but from a yeah. longer-term perspective, usually loses its edge. Yeah, it does seem like the market's still kind of seeking value to the downside at this point um, after coming off those January highs. And then, uh, again, you know, it, it's even tough to conceive the idea of the market kind of uh, going sideways and holding these lower levels, at least sort of teetering off in terms of the momentum to the downside if rates were to continue the trajectory to the upside. And I guess I look at rates right now and I sort of uh, wanted to get your thoughts here because, you know, the Fed that seems very willing to pivot uh, over a sh very short period of time to a much more aggressive stance than what we thought. I mean, the, uh, you know, discussion shifted over just a matter of a few days from uh, expectations for a 50 basis point rate hike to 75, and not only 75 this time around, but potentially next month as well. So I guess uh, what holds rates back at this point, kind of knowing that the Fed uh, is kind of behind the curve and sort of playing catch up? Yeah, well, what they said was going to hold rates up would be a series 
of uh, data points that indicate that the inflation front is trending back towards that 2% okay. target. And that takes so data. months. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that, and that's what he said. That. I mean, that's a direct quote. So that's what it's going to take. And, you know, but, but it can happen pretty quickly, okay. uh, especially if we see the brakes start to be applied as we are not during this, uh, the last couple of days, as far as some of the data points and some of the other dynamics, and you know that's what the Fed's trying to do. And plus, to some degree, Ben, I mean, this is not discussed on the top line, but certainly understood from the bottom line is that the Fed's trying to probably get rates up to a point where you know when things do start to slow dramatically, they can start to cut, and therefore they have their uh, ability to you know provide uh, the steps maybe that they feel they, they can take to balance this type of what's going to be a bumpy landing. I think that's inevitable now. So uh, that's that's the other thing. They're racing to try to get rates higher so that if they feel that all of a sudden things really slow down, then they can signal that, okay, we're done. Or we're all clear, or not all clear, but at least we're done raising rates for now and then see how the market interprets that. But, um, and this, you know, the other issues they're contending with are outside of their control energies outside of their control really supply chains are outside of their control and for the first time in since i can remember ben at least in the last 20 to 30 years this is a unique situation that we're dealing with here because the fed doesn't have the ability to come into the markets like they have in 08 even in early 2000s you i mean i've been around since well i don't even want to tell you how long i've been around here but uh, but I've seen a lot of cycles, and this is unique in the sense that really since 2000, let's say, that the Fed uh, doesn't necessarily have the ability to provide liquidity to the markets uh, because of the inflation front. Dan, uh, you know, I, I think of all of this here. It kind of reminds me as a kid driving in uh, the car with my father. He would sometimes tap the brakes, right, and no big deal. But every once in a while, I'd have to slam them, and he would kind of reach over and hold us back and make sure that everything was okay. And uh, hopefully the Fed's able to kind of hold us back and make sure everything's okay as they do uh, really aggressively slam the brakes here and avoid uh, what, well, could be quite uh, an accident uh, down the road further here. Dan, appreciate you joining us here right, thanks, uh, from ben. KKM Financial this morning. It helps break down the numbers, talk a little bit about uh, financial markets here and the Fed.